Last week, we looked at Exhibit A when it comes to people who were blessed with wisdom. Solomon was our Exhibit A. He may have made some really poor choices as life unfolded for him, but at one point he was endowed with a special gift of wisdom from God. The question we asked at the end was, after we considered Solomon, was, are you willing to seek wisdom? To ask for wisdom like he did, to pray for wisdom, to learn from Solomon's example about gaining wisdom and then holding on to it, which maybe he wasn't so good at, and we needed to learn from that lesson. I pray that wisdom is something you long for, like Solomon did, and I hope that you have asked God for it, because I know the Lord wants to bless you with his wisdom. And then pray that as you gain in wisdom, that you'll continue to value the quality of being wise, and that it's something that you'll firmly hold on to for the remainder of your life. You know, one of the things Solomon did with his gift was to actually write about it. He wrote about wisdom. In fact, he wrote a lot about wisdom. And the best example of Solomon's written wisdom, I would say, is the book of Proverbs. So I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 1, and we're going to introduce a part of the Bible there that has as much power to transform us as anything we can read. You know, in the ancient world, there were many, many books about wisdom. The Babylonians had some of these. Uh, the Egyptians had some. Certainly the Greeks wrote about wisdom. And in Proverbs, Solomon and the other contributors tell the world that it's actually the mind set on Yahweh, on Yahweh's wisdom, that gains real wisdom, a wisdom grounded in the truth of who God is. The fact is that just like the ancient world, in our world today there are a lot of options for reading literature about wisdom. Much of it isn't really of much value, although there are some, there are some of those things that are really good. Part of what Solomon is doing in his book is to say that the wisdom connected to Yahweh is the source of real wisdom, both in ancient days and now, because this wisdom comes from the creator of the universe and ultimately from the one who sends Jesus Christ, the wisest of all. Well, I'm not going to be able to deal with every point in Proverbs chapter 1 today, but I hope to pique your interest by showing you three things about wisdom that I hope get you into reading this book. Now, the first thing I want us to see is in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And, and as we get ready to read this, I want you to ask this question, or be focused on this question. Who is going to benefit by reading Proverbs? Who's going to be blessed? Proverbs is written for some folks who are going to be blessed by it. Who are they? And the text is going to tell us quite specifically. This says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior and doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise also listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Well, Here's what I want you to see first from verses 2 and 3. Notice that they say that the book is written for gaining wisdom, instruction, understanding, and insight so that we can be prudent and do what's just and fair, which certainly fits with our climate today, our social climate, where justice and fairness is right at the top of our priorities. And then in verse 4 and 5, it specifically describes those who are going to benefit by reading this book. And I hope that you noticed that there was a contrast between what's in verse 4 and verse 5 in terms of who it is that's actually going to get something from reading the Proverbs. 
So did you see that? In fact, did you see that there's a range in the kind of person who is going to be blessed by reading the Proverbs? In verse 4, it says that reading Proverbs will teach shrewdness to the simple and knowledge and prudence to the young. But then in verse 5, it says the Proverbs are also going to help those who are already wise to be able to learn and listen, to acquire skill in understanding words of wisdom. Now, what that tells me, what that means is that the wisest person you know is capable of learning something from Proverbs. And it also means that the person most challenged in the area of wisdom can learn something from Proverbs, including how to understand better God's instruction. And the point is that if you want better to understand wise teaching, if you want to be wiser, to gain wisdom, this is the place to go, no matter who you are. So if you're a firefighter, running a fire hall, and you need to know how to deal with someone under you who's being difficult, I'd say Proverbs is the place to look for answers. If you're a teacher trying to respond to parents who are quite critical of your teaching, I'd say this is the place to go. It's going to tell you how to respond. If you're a mother wondering what to say to your teenage son about his choices, this is the place to go. If you're a spouse who keeps having an argument with your wife or your husband, read the Proverbs. And if you're 36 years old, addicted to pornography, and need strength and encouragement, this is the place to go. Or if you're an elder in the church, and you need help with some difficult situation, Proverbs probably has something to tell you. And then if you're 19, and you're wondering who you are, the Proverbs can help you figure that out by showing you God's wisdom. The fact is that reading Proverbs can be a great blessing to every Christian. It's for learning wisdom and instruction on the part of all of us seeking after God, whether we're absolutely brilliant or just think we are, and are in reality clueless without direction. It's for all of us. And especially if you happen to think that you've got it all together, I encourage you to read Proverbs, and Proverbs is going to set you straight about that. You know, this time of year, many of us, even in the time of COVID, find ourselves at one of the big box home improvement stores. And so we go to Home Depot or Rona or Lowe's trying to buy something for our home. We've even got members who work at Lowe's and maybe at Home Depot and Rona. I have something to tell you, dear brothers and sisters, when you look, work, uh, those of you who work at Lowe's or Rona or Home Depot. And I want to tell you, don't be afraid to say, when someone comes and asks you a question, don't be afraid to say, you know, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to find someone that can help you. That's way better than faking it. Because if you try and fake it, you're bound to run into a Gary Zorn or a Ryan Nickel. Or if it's gardening, you're bound to run into someone like Marlene Ashby, who's going to know immediately when you're trying to snow them. You're far wiser to say, I don't know, let me get someone to help you, than to try and act like you do know when you don't. The same goes with all kinds of things in life, including theology. People ask me questions all the time to which I either have no answer or an answer that even I think isn't very satisfying. I learned a long time ago that the wisest thing is simply to admit that I won't know the answer until I'm in the presence of the Lord on the last day. Or often I just tell them, you and I both need to do some more study in order to learn the truth. The point is that every wise person is a person 
who is always ready to admit how much they don't know. Every wise person knows that he or she has something of wisdom to gain, which means that every wise person, the wisest of the wise, could benefit by reading Proverbs to say nothing of the simple. Well, when you do read Proverbs, what are you going to find? Lots. Lots about relationships, about personal morality, about overcoming sin in your life, about seeking after God, about how to treat the poor and disadvantaged, about what to do with your money, about what to do with your time, about what to do with your difficult daughter or son. One of the things you're going to find is that there is actually one central key to gaining great wisdom. In several places in Proverbs, we're told what this central key is. And one of those is right here at the beginning. Reading verse 7 is kind of like going through a major entryway with something waiting on the other side. It's like if you're going into Tomorrowland or Adventureland or the Star Wars portion of Disney World or even the main entrance itself. You know that when you first walk in for the first time through that gate, that says Disneyland or Disney World. Not only have you spent a large amount of money so that you can stand in line for hours in the heat with thousands of other people, you're actually about to have an experience that you'll never forget. And that's what verse 7 is like. It announces to us what wisdom is all about and what Proverbs is all about and that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom giving our minds and thoughts, turning our attentiveness to who God is, is going to open up to us a whole new experience of wisdom. Well, what does verse 7 mean when it tells us to fear the Lord? In our life group on Thursday night, we talked about how the fear mentioned here isn't the kind of cowering terror, but more an attitude of reverence and respect, a giving of God his due, that doesn't just stay an attitude in our minds, but becomes active in our lives. And that's one of the beautiful things about this book. While Proverbs teaches us an attitude and perspective, it's also filled with instructions about how wisely to live. Even in this first proverb, we see in verses 8 through 19, where Solomon, who had loads of experience when it comes to temptation, is instructing young men how important it is not to follow their friends into sinfulness. The fear of the Lord will help young people with this. But then also notice that verse 7 says that the fear of the Lord is just the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is just the entry gate, beyond which there is a whole new world of relationship and connection with God. You start with giving God his proper place, allowing him to be Lord. That's what it means to fear the Lord. And what it unfolds is a life of learning of understanding, of depth of insight and strength for living, for living well, for relationship with God, for being successful in the things that matter because wisdom is lived out in a relationship with God. And you know, just like Solomon in this book, I especially want to say these things to the young among us and to those younger in the faith. You have your whole lives in front of you. But every decision you make, and I want you to listen to me now, every decision you make, sometimes even small decisions, like who will my friends be? And how am I going to spend my Friday nights? 
What kind of fun am I going to choose to have? What kind of relationship will I, I have with my parents? Who am I going to listen to when it comes to what's right and wrong? Many of these decisions seem like they're no big deal at the time. We may even kind of make them in passing. But they're huge when it comes to the impact they have on who we're going to be. A simple decision like, will I try some addictive behavior just once, just to see what it's like, can change everything for you. And all you have to do is go ask some broken addict about that. And they'll tell you they'd wish they'd been wise enough to never get involved. Proverbs wants to set us right from the beginning so that the fear of the Lord and all that comes with it puts us on a path that leads us to both wisdom and the joy and satisfaction that being wise will bring. Well, there's one last thing in Proverbs 1 I want us to see. And that's the wonderful invitation and opportunity that comes to each one of us and about which we all ultimately need to make a decision. Did you ever get an invitation to something and you weren't really sure you wanted to go? Largely because you weren't sure what would happen when you got there? Like an invitation maybe to view a timeshare opportunity. Just go for a couple of hours to hear a timeshare presentation and you're going to receive some great gift as part of the deal we hear. Robin and I actually did this in our marriage in California. Come and listen to the timeshare presentation at this desert haven close to Palm Springs and we'll give you a new 35 millimeter camera, the ad said. Well, Time we had, money for a camera we had not. So we drove out to the desert and listened to the presentation. As one of the presenters was driving us around, showing us where the condo units were going to be built, he quietly told us on the sly what we didn't want to hear. That the 35mm camera they were going to give us was really nothing more than a plastic piece of junk. That was technically a camera... And the lens was technically 35 millimeters, but that we were not going to be taking pictures with it that were going to be worthy of McLean's magazine. We learned that day some wisdom about how to respond to certain invitations. But Solomon's invitation is not one of those. It's not like that. Pursuing wisdom is different. Look at verse 20, where wisdom is personified as a female voice crying out to the simple. Out in the open wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall she cries out. At the city gate she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings." Now there's an invitation. There's no cheap camera waiting for you at the end of time spent in Proverbs. Instead, wisdom, verse 23 says, will be poured out into you. Wisdom's teachings will become part of who you are if you're willing to just listen. Now the fact is, it does require a heart that's seeking after God. And that's what the repentance part is all about. Preparing us to receive what God offers, Proverbs tells us what we first need to do to get our life in order so that we can actually hear. But once you empty yourself as a vessel to receive, 
once you're ready, God pours out wisdom into you. All you have to do is respond to the invitation. So will you? Will you come and seek wisdom? Proverbs promises to be the real deal. You can look elsewhere and easily find the cheap plastic substitutes that really have no value. Solomon is promising us something else. Will you respond to his invitation? And will you respond to the Lord's?